WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. Break the wall! Break down the walls! I've got a double shot for today's list. First off, NHL.com said that Phil Kessel needs to have a bounce-back year. Phil Kessel just put up a career high in points last season. So I'm not sure the term bounce-back year exactly applies. Esquire Magazine did an article on NFL betting that was supposed to be funny. It's not. It listed Ben Roethlisberger as the favorite to have a hashtag MeToo movement saying he got a mulligan on sexual assault because of QB privilege. That was over eight years ago. No charges were filed. Nothing happened. Ben has a wife and three kids now. What the frig? You know, every once in a while you understand why Trump keeps yelling about fake news. Hey, NHL.com. Hey, Esquire Magazine. Guess what? You just made the list. No. The list brought to you by Matt Martz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. Dial 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. You know what they're debating right now on Fox Sports 1? Should this tarnish Urban Meyer's legacy? USA Today says Meyer is diminished. The Athletic says Meyer will never be the same. Okay, well, so what? Should he sit around and cry about that? Tell you what really restore his legacy if he won a couple more national championships in Ohio State. Okay, if he'd have got it fired, that would have guaranteed a diminished legacy. This doing the right thing, according to the echo chamber's moral compass, it just really sucks wrecked him, to be perfectly honest. Wrecked him? They nearly fired him. I just don't get all the kvetching about the right thing to do when almost none of you would do the right thing if it affected you negatively and there was another option. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I still can't get over the Steelers. Did you see this story? I don't know the exactitudes because I've not seen a picture. But the Steelers put up a curtain outdoors at their practice facility on the south side. And apparently, it's there to prevent drones from spying on Steelers practice. There was some kind of uh, lame excuse put out by the Steelers saying, Fans with cameras and phones and blah, blah, blah. But, okay, I got a description here. This curtain is four posts. It's two stories tall. And it's a tarp, like like ones that's raised at a building site to block view of the building. Mike Tomlin thinks that Bill Belichick is sending drones to spy on practice on the south side. Is there any possible way football people and the sport of football itself 
Is there any possible way it could be more self-important? Does anybody really think there is the remotest possibility that someone is sending drones to the south side to spy on Steeler practice? Does anybody really believe it? And by the way, the curtain, from what I'm seeing here, wouldn't block a drone anyway. You just change the height and angle that the drone's shooting from, or just have the drone fly in front of the curtain. Unbelievable. The self-importance of football is just unbelievable. Let's go to Jake in State Farm. What are you wearing, Jake? Khakis, always. What's on your mind? Hey, I want to uh, comment on Michelle Beagle. I think it's interesting that she is going to give up college and pro football but works for a station um, littered with you know sexual abuse charges all over the place years past. That's where she draws the line. Well, well not only that, okay, but Michelle Beagle has been a hypocrite her whole life. Okay, the only thing that could make her more hypocritical would be if she preached against Blad facial plastic surgery. Uh, she always complains about Floyd Mayweather, but she covered the Floyd Mayweather fight and then complained when she was barred from the Floyd Mayweather fight for ripping apart Floyd Mayweather every chance she got. She said she turned in her WWE fan card because Triple H of WWE was friends with Floyd Mayweather. Then like a couple months later, she's on Raw, front row, on camera, jumping up and down like a pathetic mark. And now she said she's not going to watch football because football isn't fair to women, but she has a job where she's expected to watch football so she can talk about it. She makes it about herself all the time. And nobody thinks she's any good. She keeps falling upwards. She fails time and again, but she keeps getting plum jobs. Michelle Beadle is a patch on Linda Cohn's ass. But she's gotten so many more opportunities than Linda Cohn, especially recently, it is absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah, because she keeps getting home jobs. Okay, turn your radio down, call back some other time. Another thing, too, about women in TV sports, okay? And this is the network's fault, not the fault of the women. I would have a lot more respect for the concept of women in sports broadcasting. Well, that's a bad way to say it. I do have a lot of respect for the concept, but when are some uggos going to get on there? When's it going to be based not on looks? I mean, Carissa Thompson, remember her Facebook? She had a, no, Instagram, a picture of her ass in a thong caked with sand. I don't ever recall Barbara Walters doing that or Robin Roberts. Uh, you know, uh, Aaron Andrews bangs the athletes and married one. I mean, women in broadcasting should have the same rules applied to them that men in broadcasting do. Then again, you don't see a lot of fatos, you know, among the men in broadcasting either. It's a looks-based business, and it shouldn't be. Not with the current climate, but again, who is the one group of people you can abuse and bully to your heart's content and no one will speak up on their behalf? Fat people, that's who. And that's the truth. That sounds silly because I'm a big fat so and I'm saying it, but it's true. It's absolutely true. Let's go to Jeff in Upper St. Clair. Jeff, real quick, you're on with Double M. 
yes, yeah. So, Mark, I, you know, I, I do kind of think that the Patriots uh, actually, you know, can use drones. Uh, you know, they had the flake gate. Now we're going to have drone gate uh, is really what I think. Are you being sarcastic? I'm being serious, sir. Goodbye. The New England Patriots aren't using drones to spy on the Steelers. They don't need to. They beat them every time they play them anyway. Up next, well, we got Ryan on hold. We'll get to him in a minute. We got Craig Wolfie at the bottom of the hour, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. What up, man? There's always been an unspoken dynamic. I am a lot smarter than you. Okay, so maybe it's a spoken dynamic. The X at 105.9. Double M on X, 412-333-9939, the number to call. Let's just take a bunch of calls this segment. Keep it easy. We got Craig Wolfley at the bottom of the hour. Liverpool chance to start out 3-0 and with the win tomorrow at Brighton. Last year, let's see, I got, I got last year's. Oh, last year they lost the second week of the season to Burnley. I remember that. That was a freaking heartbreaker. Started 1-1-1 last year. 3-0 would be a lot better. Let's go to Ryan on the south side. Ryan, you're on with Double M. Hey, how's it going, Mark? Terrific. Hey, I just wanted to comment on the uh, tarp down at the Steelers practice facility. Right. I believe that was uh, put there because there's apartment buildings and there's a hotel down there where you could get a really good uh, sight of the field and I believe that the hotels and apartment buildings were actually even promoting it, that you could see it from there, and I believe that's what they were worried about. Now, what do you think would be gained by, by filming practices? Uh, I don't think anything. You know, I think it's totally precautionary, but that's just my thought. Uh, there are those in the Pittsburgh media who think that that curtain was put up because Mike Tomlin has convinced somebody was cheating and spying on the Steelers, and this is his reaction to that. Yeah, with the drones. Um, I believe the tarp's only in one direction. So well, I, drone, I, I, don't, I don't know about with drones, but 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 he has a suspicion is what I'm told. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess it's just precautionary. Or preposterous or self-important or something stupid. Thank you for the call. Oh, by the way, I got some good news today. I guess it's good news. I'm actually getting a new cat. Uh, my vet, Sean Winnie. Uh, as like like he gets uh, rescue cats and they socialize them and get them out of their infancy and it's going to still be a kitten but I'm getting it on the 18th the next month after I get back from my trip to Vegas to see Queen that'll be nice I think I can use that there's going to be a bunch of changes in my life which you'll hear about none salacious none that'll be affected in this job but there's going to be some stuff I've been doing for a long time I'm going to stop doing. So if any of you out there care to guess what that might be, keep it yourself. But, uh, but yeah, I, I'm 57 now. It's time for me to slow down. You know, it really is. Uh, I just can't go at the pace I've been going. Well, I guess I can, but I, I don't enjoy it anymore. And I have enough money, so, again, I'll be slowing down a bit in the near future. I'll keep you posted. Although I do intend to go to see Pitt play in the ACC championship game in Charlotte, uh, as Pat Narduzzi today said would happen when he was speaking at the Pitt kickoff luncheon. 
Let's go to uh, Darren in Indiana Township. Darren, ask, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark. Oh, happy Friday, Mark. Yeah. All right, two things, two comments first. Uh, the Steelers, it doesn't matter if drones fly over the south side. They're going to be 7-9 and nine regardless. Uh, no, they're not going to be 7-9, and nine, but go ahead. All right, well, okay. Pat what would make you think they're going to be 7-9? and nine? Age, coaching, better talent coming up in the league. So they're going to drop from 13 and 3 to 7 and 9 despite having Ben Bell and Brown and that offensive line. Yes, and I'll I'll call you back when that happens. Well, we just won't take your call if that happens. And <laughs> I I think they might drop to 10 and 6. But I okay. am not obliged to make my official prediction until the Friday before the first regular season game. And let's not forget. Let's not forget. The last 6 years I have come within one game my predictions come within one game in the last six years, and on four of those occasions, I've hit the nail on the head exactly. Okay. I- Let's go to Zach and Cranberry. Zach, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark, what's good? What up? Oh, the veal. What's up? Hey, uh, yeah, this tarp thing. You know, when I heard, I got a buddy that works over there at the facility, and he told me that, they got the idea of putting the tarp up when uh, Vince Neal was in town for the concert. He left one of the shirts there, and they had all this material. Ah, now, nah, come on. Don't pick on the fat guy. Shut up. What else you got? I was that joke, Mark. Sorry. Uh, goodbye. I'm not going to make fun of fellow fat guys just because Vince Neal is as big as me. 412-333-9939. Here's an example. Here's what somebody said on Twitter. I'm going to retweet this so you all can respond to it. I tweeted earlier today, all my show needs to be successful is me. Everything else is a side dish of varying quality. And a guy tweets, a fat slob show for the fat slob audience. You could say that to fat people. Now, substitute the word black for fat slob in both instances. There's the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Craig Wolfley up next, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, he's fan, love the show. Because that's what you got to do. Hey, Mark, big fan and all that. I, 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 I think you're on to something. The X at 105.9. Joining me now, live in studio, fresh from a good cigar, he's the Steelers Radio Network sideline reporter and an all-time Steeler great. He is Craig Wolfley. We got the big exhibition, and it really is a big preseason game tomorrow against Tennessee at Heinz Field. And Ben's going to play a bit. What's the risk and reward with him playing? Because I'm really not sure I'd play Ben at all before the regular season. Uh, what's the logic, and, and how much would be too much? How long do you expect him in there? I wouldn't expect him playing any more than a quarter, maybe just starting in the second half, or second quarter, depending on whether or not they roll the chains or not. If that offense gets on track, they come out and they start getting some first downs and and you know you get a field goal, touchdown, what have you. Those are the things that you look for. You just want to see a smooth operation. Let him get his feet wet. Let him because going into the stadium versus practice is totally different. I mean, you go in there when things are flying around and and you have what what goes on and during the course of a game. All you want to do is get adjusted to the speed, the tempo, and make sure that uh, the receivers are seeing the ball coming out 
when you come when you when you let that baby fly. It's different. Landry's different. Josh Josh Dobbs, you know, and, and Mason, all those guys got the the, the point of, of release and and where they're throwing, where they're looking, and everything. All you want Ben is to get comfortable with his receivers and get out there and just knock a little ring rust off. Now, what does this game mean? Uh, it's only preseason, but after Green Bay, which which wasn't good for Pittsburgh. I think the Steelers want to get the arrow pointed in the right direction uh, to prove it to themselves, if nobody else. Well, there's no question. You're right on. Look, you want to come out. This is a dress rehearsal for the Cleveland game. This is what you, you're coming out with all your guys, and you want to see execution. You don't want to see mental mistakes. You don't want to have those things happening. You want to be able to iron things out and see a nice, smooth flow amongst the offense. You want to see your defense running the ball, getting off the field after three downs, doing what you can do early on, and then Turn it over to the young guys. We talk about the DBs a lot. We certainly did last week. But I'm not sure we've talked enough about Cam Sutton. Uh, People have been speaking very highly of him, his performance in the preseason. Where does he fit in right now? Well, right now he is kind of getting – he's settled into Mike Hilton's place a little bit. You know, last year Mike Hilton came on because Cam Sutton was hurt. They had really – they drafted Cam Sutton with the idea that this guy could be a nickel corner. And then he pulled his hamstring, and so now you've got Mike Hilton having the opportunity, and, and it was a great opportunity for Mike, and he excelled in it. And he came out and did some great stuff and added, oh, just a nice high-voltage uh, pressure off of blitzes. You know, he's so short, he comes down, he gets alongside of Bud Dupree. You can't see him. Yeah, you don't see him very well. And then he just weaves his way through, and all of a sudden he is like uh, a rash in the chest of a quarterback. So uh, for Mike Hilton, it was a great opportunity to exploit that that that. When the train comes, you get on it and you go. And for Cam Sutton, who later on came on and did some really nice things later in the second half of the season, um, that it, it shows what it shows you is this guy is really capable. He missed training camp. He missed the first half of the season. Mike Tomlin always talks about the moving train. Well, he caught the moving train. If a guy can catch a moving train in his rookie year and be a, a substantial performer by the end of the season, it makes or heightens your anticipation of what he's capable of doing. OTAs, mini camps, preseason, this guy's coming on, and I really like Cam Sutton. Now, you compared him to Mike Hilton, and I think that's valid, but he's obviously not going to take Hilton's spot, per se. And here's my fear on behalf of Sutton. He might be too versatile. If you could play everywhere, that's what they're going to want you to do. And sometimes when you're versatile, it's tough to become a regular at any one spot. Well, you've got a point. You know, and we were talking about this a little bit off the air. Right. And, and and part of coaching is being able to identify a guy who is ready and primed to move from that jack-of-all-trades to settling him into a spot. One of the examples I gave you was Tunch Ilkin, who uh, was really a jack-of-all-trades, played right tackle to left tackle, all points in between, both guards, center, what have you. And Ron Blackledge came to him at the, the one point in time in his career and said, what can I do to help you get better? And he said, leave me in one spot. Because you get you groove that one spot and and you're able to really excel and all your talents come together. But the good part for him is his capability in playing all these positions. You learn the intrinsic angles, whether it's corner, nickel, on uh, the safety positions. You start to see the game from a thirty thousand foot perspective, and then you bring that together in experience when you settle into one spot. So he's able to bring all those attributes together in one spot if you can if you can actually put him in one spot. Well, I think that's going to come sooner, not later. In fact, it would not shock me if he became a a starter somewhere by midseason. Now, I want to talk about Morgan Burnett. You hear whispers that he's been disappointing in the preseason, but I would kind of bet he's just A, settling in, and B, 
waiting for the real games. We got to consider it's like this guy's a rookie. He's been around a while. He's just new here. No question about it. Now I don't think you got any problems with Morgan Burnett. Everything that I've heard and watched uh, is this guy's a true pro. And I don't think he's a disappointment. I think what's disappointing is he hasn't been on the field as much as he would like. Yes. Because one, two things that you came out of last season. Number one is you got to raise your tackling ability. Number two is you got to raise your communication level amongst the secondary members. He fits the bill in both. He is a good tackler, and he's a guy who, who really helps excel with the, the communication ability of the secondary. So given that, when you're not out there on the field, that's where the disappointment in my mind lies. We're talking to Craig Wolfley, all-time Steeler great here on 105.9 The X. Wolf, before you came into studio, I was talking about Chris Boswell's new deal. Very well-deserved. How does a guy get cut four times elsewhere and then come to Pittsburgh and be such a difference maker? A, a clutch guy. I can't figure it out. You know, it is it is difficult. I mean, how do you get into the psyche of a man who's been through the grind four times, has come up short, and then you suddenly settle in when you have that opportunity? I look at... Like Jeff Reed, when Jeff Reed came in and, you know, he it was a tryout and he comes in and he gets uh, the, the kicking job. Look at Gary Anderson, who was cut in Buffalo after a great career at Syracuse University, which included in his first winter game asking if he could stay in the locker room and then could they call him out when they needed him <laughs> kick because he, he didn't like snow. I'm going to guess they told him no. Yeah, yeah, they told him no. We need you out here. But, you know, you look at that. He, he comes from Buffalo being cut and then he lands in Pittsburgh and then goes on to have a 23-year career in the NFL. Right. Right. I mean, it's unbelievable. And Boswell kind of going down that same path. And the more amazing part is about Boswell, he's so good at Heinz Field, which might be the toughest place to kick in the league. What makes Heinz Field so hard to kick at? I know it's a bit better since they kind of closed the one end. But it's still pretty tough, isn't it? It is, because I think a couple things have happened. They've closed the one end, and I think uh, the grass has gotten better. And they've settled issues with that on the field. They do a great job now. With, with the grass as it is, and whatever the bugaboo was before, it doesn't seem to be near as much poor kickers now. And you look at Boz, I mean, you know, I love the, we, we kid him a lot because we called him the wizard of Boz. One of the times Tunch was talking about, he saw him in the, in the locker room, he's doing shrugs with 405. So we call him Traps. You know what wow. I mean? Yeah, I mean, he's a skinny little kicker, and he's got a lot of latent power in that body, and it really unveils itself. And he kicks with his whole body. Too. Yeah, he does. I mean, he lets that It's baby like he fly. comes through it with his whole body. That, everything he's got, including the shrug. <laughs> <laughs> now, another new contract to Vince Williams. Uh, what are your expectations for him this year? And is he going to be the inside backer that stays on the field most of the time? Because it looks like there can be only one, and it looks like it's going to be him. It looks like that would be how I you at least start the season, or that's the idea going into it right now. Things still have to flesh it out a little bit. John Bostick, who's been getting a tremendous amount of snaps in the preseason for a veteran guy, they've let him try to settle in there. They want him to get comfortable, get comfortable with the guys, get comfortable with the defensive calls, and get comfortable with his assignments and what they expect of him. He looks like a solid guy. I mean, the guy's ham hocks and ligamentation running through the backside of him. He comes up and he's got some power. But right now, Vince is the guy, and you look at his eight sacks. I mean, he's got an uncanny ability to rush the passer. Very nice. Yeah, for an inside backer. Yeah, where do you see eight sacks? That's his biggest strength. Yes, that and his his ability is downhill bang. And Vince is a a guy who's been coming on. He's he's a good, solid linebacker, and we'll see where he goes. Now, A.B.'s not going to play tomorrow. 
He's had kind of a gimpy camp, hasn't he? Well, there, there's something going on, and I don't know exactly what it is, but you know they're moving him along in a nice, slow manner, uh, as as befitting a guy who's getting up there in years now. Yeah, I mean, and a guy who needs to be near 100 percent physically to function at top level. Some no guys question. don't. I think AB does. Well, there's no question because let's face it, he's not a four three guy. He needs all those attributes together uh, in in one package for him to be AB, but. That package is, is without a doubt, unquestionably, they, we've seen the best five-year stretch of any wide receiver in the NFL, and let's hope that continues. What about TJ1 Vince McDonald? They've, they've missed a lot of time. What's going on with them? Yeah, well, you got the hammy going with, with uh, TJ, and one of the things you want to do with a hammy, because they are tempestuous, as, uh, as, as anybody who's been out there and had a hamstring knows, uh, you never really know your full go until you go full go and find out. But if That's you go too problem. early, you could... You can... Go backwards. Exactly. Bingo. So the idea is these things can turn into something chronic, and you want to make sure chronic is not part of the package when you go out there. One of the interesting things that you find out and one of the advances in the NFL is these GPSs, and they can actually register how fast a guy's moving. So you can use that to be able to increase their load in their training sessions and incrementally, which, I, you know, to me, how can you tell the difference between a guy running at 17 miles an hour and 16 miles an hour? Well, that's how how in tune these guys are, and you get that feedback and understand you can test it out a little bit more than back in the day when, like I said, you, you step on the gas and go and hope it all holds together. What about Vance McDonald? Now, Vance, you got Cause, that Because they, they, they need him. I mean, They I, do need that's him. That's no knock on Jesse James and Grimble and them, but, but I just think that, that Vance McDonald might wind up being, I don't want to say secondary target, but pretty close to. You would think, especially coming off of the Jacksonville playoff loss yes. last year. I mean, the guy had what eleven catches. And Ben of, loves him. Yeah, and Ben and, loves the tight end. Period. Exactly. But I will say this: in his um, departure from practice, Jesse James has taken full advantage of it. And this yes. guy has performed very, very well. So is Grimble, I think. Grimble too. Uh, he's been out in the last what? Was he in Green Bay? Did he hurt his thumb or something? I yes, can't remember. Yes, he did. Okay, so. He hasn't had as much opportunity, but, but up Jesse, till then. yeah, up till then he's looked good. But Jesse is the guy where he's starting to put the bang on people. He's walking people off the line of scrimmage. He captures the edge setter, moves him backward. And you know, I was I was just hanging with him in practice the other day, and I looked and I said, "Dog gun, look at those guns on him." You know, I mean, he's, <laughs> you know, he's gotten bigger. He's he's a young guy. He was only I think twenty when he got here, and so you know, for him to come on now, he's just getting his man strength on. Uh, Dupree and Watt switch sides, and it seems to be helping Dupree, but we don't know yet what it's going to do for Watt, do we? No, we don't know yet. And and TJ, the one thing about him, he's he's a workaholic on pass rush. You know, he is a function of not any, you know, ton of attributes, physical attributes like being quick and and all those things. He's a culmination of hard work and and getting a great idea of what to do. He throws the uppercut. He's got to swim. Uses his hands very well. He's a smart guy. He's a heady guy. I think having him on that side, the left side, as you face the quarterback. Um, he also, in, when he drops into pass coverage, I think it's advantageous to him because he has a good sense of pass coverage. He, he's able to read the quarterback's eyes better. So I think that's one thing. On the other side, Bud, if you watch him in takeoffs, team takeoffs, he is just about the first guy always in the in the defensive reactionary drills where they come off the ball. And even to the point where Mike Tomlin came by the other day and said, don't let Bud win this one, don't you? Because he wins so many of them. So with that great acceleration coming out, if he can keep shaving it and running hard at the quarterback and do so from the blind side and get into some of these left tackles and, and use that great strength of his, 
I think uh, we might see a very improved Bud, Bud Dupree. You know where Bud impressed me at Green Bay? There were some packages in there where he came up the middle on the rush. I really like those. How often will they do that, Wolf? And what are the pros and cons? What are you putting at risk when you do that? With an outside backer. Well, one of the things you take away immediately is is having anybody. Uh, you're going to have somebody else have to cover the flat or have to cover a back or something like that. When you come on a twist, you come around and you start up the middle. And one of the things that Bud has shown, even on the left side, his ability to weave his way through traffic on the inside and get into the quarterback's face. The other thing that they've done, they'll go with like a 3-3 stack and they'll have him stacked off the line of scrimmage. And one of the benefits of that is if you got the protection right, you get him matched up with a running back, which is, I love that win because that's a flying headbutt coming off of <laughs> Bud Dupree with a 15-yard, 12-yard run at the guy. How much will the Steelers scheme for, for tomorrow well, for that third preseason game? Because they usually do scheme for the third preseason game, right? How much will we see the dime and the dollar? I don't know yet how much we're going to see, but there's going to be some. You know, they're going to throw things out there. They want to see how guys react to a little game planning. You know, everybody's been playing vanilla. They want to see a guy win in physical matchups and not worry about schemes. Well, now they want to scheme a little bit and see, can you handle the game plan? When we make these calls, are you able to adjust? Are you able to uh, win the battle that we we now schemed and put you in? For instance, uh, Bud Dupree, you get him in a stack. All right, we got the protection going the other way. You're matched up on a, on a running back. Can you win that now? Okay, we 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 start off the first two games. Uh, you're rushing the tackle. Can you beat the tackle? That's physical attributes. Now with a little scheme, can you beat what we we've put you in a position to beat? You know, and that's what you want to see. And finally, Wolf, I, I, I've wanted to ask this for a couple weeks. I keep forgetting. Do you watch Hard Knocks on HBO? I've seen one of them, only one. What would Hard Knocks have been like with the Steelers when Chuck was coaching? First oh. off, he would have done everything humanly possible to not make sure it didn't happen. Oh, absolutely. That's pretty much the Rudys have done ever since, but I, I like to imagine stuff like that. I think it would just be too much. I just I cannot see what it would be like to sit with Coach Noel with a camera on. You know, I mean, because I don't think I don't think it would have changed him. I think he would have said the things anyhow that he would have said. But you know, it it was a little daunting when you sat with Coach. You know, you you sat there, and I remember when he told the great Andy Russell, "You're not very good." And Russ had already been to a couple of Pro Bowls. <laughs> you know, I mean, but that's the way he was. He was direct. He was forceful, and he was uh, not hard to figure out. He would tell you exactly what was on his mind. I remember the first time I met Chuck it was in an elevator at the Pirate game. And he mentioned that he had, I introduced myself, he said he had heard my radio show, and I go, oh my God, he hates me. <laughs> but, but you know, I, I always, I mean, I, how could I say anything bad about Chuck, and I never had. And then he smiles, that big smile, and he goes, that's a unique concept you have there. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, well, I, I, I think I've made it. Wolf, as always, a pleasure. Thank you for coming always. in. And uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. Thank you, my friend. I'll see you again. That's Craig Wolf. We always great to have Wolf on the program, shedding light on the Steelers. But now it's time to ask Mark anything. Call 412-333-WXDX and ask Mark anything. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark Madden. Yes. Your voice is like sweet nectar to my ears. The last thing we need is a lot of loose talk. Hmm? Hmm? I like it. I like it. The X at 105.9. Talking about Ask Mark Anything, brought to you by Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood at Chop House. So do check out Chapino in the Strip. Let's go to John in East Hills. John, ask Mark Hi, anything. Mark. What up? Hi, Mark. Mark, uh, you've been on the radio for a long time. I've listened to you and really enjoyed you. What is it that makes a good radio show? Charisma. That's it. 
follow-up question. I mean, sports knowledge, in my case, you know, for a sports show, I guess that's important. I think guests matter a little, but not a lot. I don't think callers matter at all. But you have to have charisma. You have to project. You have to connect. Can you put charisma in a bottle and give some to the people at the DVE morning show? No, they do great. What are you kidding me? They have, they're one of the few equals to me in time for charisma. But th- that's why like, I had to laugh at the B team reshuffling its deck. You need new blood, and that new blood should have more charisma than your old blood. You know what some of those guys are? Seriously. They're very good national-style talk show hosts. There's some guys that would be better nationally than locally. Look at Greg Giannotti. He used to host the morning show on the B team. He's now a national host. He, he's with Boomer Sison. Replaced Craig Carton, who went to gambling heaven or hell or wherever the hell he is now. He's really good at that national style, that really like, I don't want to say generic, but you know what I mean. It's different when you do it locally. And I've got that figured out. That's one thing you have to say about me in this business. When I started, I didn't spend time memorizing statistics and rosters and lineups and depth charts. I figured out how to be good at this. And I am. Ha. Let's go to uh, Evan in Mount Lebanon. Evan, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. Um, I called in uh, when Tim was filling in for you about this. I, I must have, One of my friends said you said this. Um, is it true that Joe Musgrove is basically telling the pitchers to not pitch to contact and like none of the pitchers are listening to Ray Searage anymore? Is I, don't know about no, I don't know about none of them, but Joe Musgrove told Jamison Tyon to pitch how he wants. Okay. And Jamison right. Tyon's a lot better now. Yeah. Hey, let me tell you something. If I was a major league pitcher and the coach's way wasn't working, I'd go to my way. In fact, I might go straight to my way right off the hop because it's my career. Let's go to Tommy in the road. Tommy, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. Could you please describe for us your favorite non-rock concert experience? What does that even mean? Like a country show or maybe like a singer-songwriter oh, my favorite non my favorite non-rock concert music experience. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that my, it would be never having gone to a country show. I really enjoyed never having gone to a country show. Skinner tomorrow night, that ain't country. That's Allman Brothers dipped in Led Zeppelin is what that is. That's some good old-fashioned southern comfort food. That's Skinner. Let's go to Braid and Alice the Park. Braid and ask Mark anything. What up, man? What up, man? Hey, what I'm wondering is, do you think Joe Flacco is elite? No, he's a Super Bowl winner, though. What I'm wondering, I have a fantasy football to draft tonight, and is it safe to take him late, or should I take Lamar Jackson? Because they'll both be around. Could I choose none of the above? You can, but I was hoping for an answer. None of the above. Liverpool at Liverpool host Brighton, 12.30 p.m. Come on, you Reds. Good talk. See you out there. 105.90X.